0: Hey guys, welcome to the uh, Kickstart Podcast, presented by our friends at ProTaper, Handlebars and Controls, Um, Don Maeta and I'm joined in office today by Chase Curtis, and uh, Alex Ray is in Fresno riding with the HEP Suzuki guys, so we've got first class fill-in, Jeremy McGrath. I
1: might be able to handle it.
0: You might be able to, huh? (laughs) And uh, of course, we have uh, Mike Antonovich on the phone right here, and uh, yeah, man, off weekend. Um, After, like, the crazy COVID Supercross schedule of, like, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, suddenly an off weekend is just like you're stuck with your twiddling your thumbs wondering what to do, right?
1: Gosh, I'm sure those guys, you know, having an off weekend these days means, like, must feel like a month, right? Because they're doing three races a week, and then all of a sudden they're off for two weeks or a week and a half, and they're probably like, whoa, this is. I mean, I know they're all digging the schedule, which is cool, but, um, yeah, it must feel like like yeah. anyone, especially I mean, anyone that had a bad race is probably feeling like it's <laughs> a really long time.
0: Because <laughs> yeah. even, like, <clears throat> when there was not a Tuesday race, we're like, well, what? No Supercross yeah. today? Come on.
1: Yeah, I think we're getting spoiled, too. It's yeah. nice. So,
0: uh, I guess before we talk about not having a race or what's going on, the rumors, you had a race last week. You went to... Uh, it was Fight club, car, car cl- fight? motor
1: car fight club. motor car well,
0: fight club. There we go. Right, so when I first part. saw the press release on it, <coughs> I thought you guys would be racing side-by-sides. But it was actually like dirt track cars, right? Oval
1: cars. Yeah, no, they were dirt lay models. Yeah. Basically, yeah, For they were set up for, for you know, like a banked kind of dirt track. It was just under a half mile. The cars were all fairly similar. Um, they all had like crate motors, mm-hmm. and they're like, they're called crate motors like 602s or whatever so they had you know just uh, about about 400 horsepower mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> we were in south carolina at, at a place called traveler's rest at Eddie uh, eddie racetrack back there mm-hmm. and and uh, we had a blast man it was it was great seeing all the guys uh we had a fun day practicing and trying to figure it all out i mean <clears throat> you know i've I've been racing off-road for the last, you know, whatever what, 10 years, 8 years and really don't do that. I'm just driving side by sides a lot and mm-hmm. I mean these these KRAX are just so sweet and and then you get in one of those dirt late models and they're like steering wheels this big, <laughs> the slack in the wheels like super. I mean, you start sliding like this and you got to, you know, you got to regrip the wheel. It was it was really um, you know, it was a little bit of a learning curve just cuz you're you know, it's they're just not super fine race cars, you know I mean? Yeah. They're just yeah. raw, they're awesome. They're they're more like it's more like riding, you know, one tens together yeah. for mm-hmm. car racing. So yeah. uh we had a blast.
0: Is is that a class like those for those cars? It is, yeah. It is a class. It is a
1: class, yeah. So um locally back there they, they raced dirt late model quite a lot. Yeah. It's it's a really big thing. And uh it's not super late the other class would be super late models, which are the ones that kinda get really you know, kinked up in the corners and they have yeah. like a really kind of a crazy looking body on them and they're more like eight, 900 horsepower type thing. These things are more just, you know, like kind of a local level celebrity car kind of yeah. thing. Ah. And, uh, I mean, Keep I, I think, I th- yeah, I think it's, well, I mean, trust me, you're going in the corner, it's just under half a mile, so you're going in the corner probably 65, 75 mile an hour. <laughs> Still, I mean, you're cranked over, it's pretty fun. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a lot of fun. And, and if you screwed it up, it got your attention
2: yeah you know what i mean
1: (laughs) so uh a few guys did as you might have seen any you guys that watched that you could still catch the race on fight tv you just got to go get it um but we uh yeah we had a blast it was cool it was cool to see all those guys all my old friends
0: okay you did the uh the off-road truck racing four wheels sliding traction dirt Going into the thing, I figured you and Deegan had an inherent advantage over the rest of it. Do you think that your truck racing background helped? Well, I felt like,
1: I mean, it's probably, obviously, it probably did, mm-hmm. right? But I've been driving side-by-sides a lot for the last couple of years, too. Um, I mean, the nature of car racing is so different than bikes, you know? Like, bikes, you lean, and cars, you slide, and... You know, most of those guys we were right. I mean, Brian had a lot of has a lot of experience, and um, Ricky hadn't driven in a while, so you know he had some experience. But I'll tell you what, I mean, surprisingly, Justin Brayton lives back there in NASCAR country too, right? Yeah. And, and dirt late model country and go kart yep. country, and he was driving really, really well. So, uh, you know, he qualified. S- chad qualified second i was pretty pumped on that that was cool <laughs> we had arma cars team one and two yeah. on the pole position and outside pole so that was pretty cool uh, but yeah Braden was riding was driving really well and i was surprised by that um everyone drove well it was good it's it just like if you got track position it was hard to pass
2: mm-hmm. yeah the good okay.
1: that was stoked I, I mean my qualifying was good i qualified uh, over a half second faster than these guys so that really set the tone for the night right because <laughs> yeah. i mean i, I got an inside pull and i wasn't going to let anyone go underneath me period so yeah. worked out
0: okay so uh it was you brayton Dungey, chad rc deegan and then christian yep. vandeveld and he's like yeah. a, a cyclist or something
1: so he's an announcer on tour de france uh-huh. but he's also a former pro cyclist okay. he's uh 10 time 10 11 times he's done tour the tour uh He's a pretty famous guy. He's won a lot of races, and mm-hmm. uh, he might have been on Lance's team also. Mm-hmm. Um, so How did he yeah. get I I, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know him. Great guy, by the way. I mean, we had so much fun chatting together, and I I got to sit down with Dungey and, and his wife and, and Christian, and we went to lunch. And, I mean, Travelers Rest area is really, really cool. in South Carolina. It's in the middle of nowhere, but they have these – it's really – we had a blast, and there were some great lunch spots, and we just kind of hung out and got to catch up, and – went to went to lunch with Chad and Ellie and his kids and mm-hmm. I mean that was a lot of the fun was just cool because we all got to really kind of connect again and yeah um, but as far as Christian goes I think it was uh, R.C.'s friends with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so he kind of got him in on that and uh, he, he I mean you could see the smile on his face for miles you know it it was something he definitely was not in his repertoire yeah. to be a car racer and or or do anything like that and he had a blast you know so uh, his learning curve was quite a bit steeper than the rest of us and i think you know motocrossers in general make they do pretty well when they cross over to other sports because I, you know as we know motocross and supercross is if not one of the hardest sports in the world to to do and to do well so all those guys were were driving well
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> um i mean is it okay to say that you won or is, like, i don't want to ruin it for People that potentially still I mean, might lo- go to the fight TV app yeah. and, and buy the race. I, I
1: think by now everyone knows. I mean, yeah. I posted on Instagram, and everyone that knows me knows. Um, I mean, it's out there. Yeah. But it is interesting if anyone wants to watch. It. I mean, Dungy had a had a nice one, stuffed it in the wall, and
2: that's what I heard.
1: Great. <laughs> it they, they didn't catch it, right? So it's a twenty dollars show. It's not that big a deal. You can yeah. go out and watch it. Um, you know you, if you can deal with listening to Bidos and yeah and uh JH I guess the whole time they they had to kill a lot of time cuz there was a lot of downtime yeah um so you know we we've all talked about it since then the show can definitely be tightened up for mm-hmm. sure but the concept is there and I think yeah. I think they just got to tighten up the concept yeah. um <clears throat> the moto ones do well cuz everyone wants to see us ride dirt bikes yeah. um but you know for me it's like first of all i guess earlier in the year i was invited to some of the dirt bike ones but Mm -hmm. my knee was still i was still recovering from my knee injury so or knee surgery Mm -hmm. so uh plus i think you know me racing those guys in dirt bikes it's not i don't know how interesting that'd be these days really (laughs) i'm I'm like by far the oldest guy yeah so
2: now we got to get everyone in utvs
1: yeah i think i think (laughs) we got to get them all in utvs that that would be pretty amazing right because uh It'd be like a little bit like old school, like the world mini when you had the race of champions kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, So I say we all get in the KRXs and scrap it out.
2: Most of the manufacturers make them now, so everyone could have a little different of a thing.
1: Yeah. No, I think it'd be interesting, but you got to have all of them the same, right? So Cowie's yeah. not turbo yet, so you'd have to have all NA or whatever. And mm-hmm. <coughs> but regardless, I think uh, getting yeah. guys together and just making it interesting for the rest of the fans and watches is, is a pretty cool concept.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it fun to, uh, race something different than a a UTV?
1: I mean, the world of race car, you know, race car racing Mm -hmm. is really, (laughs) really expensive, you know? Um, UTVs are a way that, that all of us can do it without, you know, breaking the bank Mm -hmm. and have a lot of fun. And I I mean, these things are for the money is the best turnkey money you could ever spend, right? For wanting to get crazy in a car, Mm -hmm. um, Typically, race cars are are just they're just too fragile, and they're too just specifically designed for racing. And if you want to play and have funs with your fun with your friends, it's 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 a little bit too nice of stuff, you know. When it comes to that, mm-hmm. um, I, I you know side by sides are fun. It's a it seems like the way to go these days, it's just for the for the affordability part of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this weekend, uh, this coming weekend, we have the Daytona Supercross. Is it still the Daytona Supercross by Honda, or is it Ooh, I'm Anton sure yeah, it is. still? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is, okay. It is. Um, we've got that coming. Some guys have been in in uh, Florida this whole time testing and riding special sand sections and stuff, but uh, what's the word here, Anton? Is uh, anything special about this week? I know that Feld is kind of running the show, right?
3: Yeah, uh, it'll be more like a normal Supercross, but, I mean, it's a much, much bigger track, and it doesn't seem like they're going to have the crowd on the front straightaway this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be reading that wrong, but, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're going to be able to, like, cut everybody loose on the pavement like that. So it'll look way different than years past, but... Um, but, I mean, this seems like a really big track. They've gotten way, way more creative with it. There's, like, even an over-under bridge, which we haven't had at Daytona. Oh, I don't recall that. If I can remember not a long time, I don't know if you guys can remember there being one, like, back in the 90s. But, yeah, I think it'll be awesome. <clears throat> um, I think even a preview of, like, what's to come this summer, too. Because now guys are going to kind of start flipping the switch and trying to prep for these outdoor motos and stuff like that. You know, getting a gauge of where they're at. So I'm excited to see how this one goes, uh, especially after some time off, because everybody needed a little break after eight races in a row.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, MC, Supercross in Daytona now is, it's still the same soil. So it still gets super rough and all, but it's at night. It's not on a hot ass Sunday afternoon, right? Like when you were doing it, it was like the gnarliest race of the series, right? (laughs) Because it was during the day. Super long, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the main events used to have more riders?
1: Yeah, because Daytona back in the day had, it was a day race, Sunday day or Saturday Saturday day, I think. And they took 40 riders to the final. So it was like an outdoor moto gate, yeah, right? And the track just got beat. (laughs) And I think these days, because they went to the night, they had to shorten it up just a bit. And then they bring in a little more clay, I think, these days to make it a little better. I mean, before they used to just cut the whoops out of the sand that was there (laughs) and existing. It it was a man's man's race back then, you know. I I think it's still obviously one of the roughest supercrosses. It's a tough race. There's lots of ruts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not easy. The the race is not easy. Um, And as far as over-unders, Anton, I think... Back in the 90s, they used to have a bridge jump, but it was just a finish line jump. We didn't go under it. We just went over it. So I think you could walk underneath for logistics and getting to the middle of the track and stuff. But I don't think, at least from my memory, I don't remember doing it over under track design. So Mm -hmm. um, if you remember some of the famous photos from back in the day, they always had the, you know, RJ and... and
0: Was it Johnny O that went...
1: Yeah, he launched it really high, but didn't. Didn't, get pa- get it. didn't make yeah. the pass, but yeah. launched it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, Stanton back in the day he's won the race so
0: many times. I think Kudrowski won it. Um, okay. How many tries <laughs> did it take you until you won? Because I remember the year in '93 when you were winning everything and you, and you didn't win Daytona. You're out. It's not a real Supercross <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing: in '92 when I went and rode East Coast Supercross on a 250. Um, I hadn't ridden a two fifty race yet. So that was my first uh that was my first race on a two fifty. Really. Yeah. It was. And it was rainy and muddy and I crashed and I pulled off. I'm like, eh, this place <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing about it is uh you know as you know, through my career, it's like, I got motivated by people saying I couldn't do anything or couldn't win there. You know, you'll never really be considered one of the greatest because you can't win at Daytona or, you know, you can't win at motocross. So those things kind of motivated me. And, um, you know, I ended up, ended up really, you know, challenging myself and winning Daytona three times. So Mm
4: -hmm.
1: a place that no one said I could win at. And, and, Trust me. When I finally committed myself to it and won the race, it definitely was something that I felt like very. I felt very accomplished for doing it because mm-hmm. it was a tough race. Um, but how many years did it take to, for to, for me to win it? Uh, ninety three. I definitely didn't win it. I think I got third. Um, mm, it had to be like ninety five. Maybe I won it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I won it in ninety four either because that was Kudrowski and Loraco days, and they were pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And I really still wasn't. I wasn't committed enough to outdoors. Ninety five mm-hmm. when I end of 94 is really when i committed myself to you know <clears throat> doing whatever it took to win and to to win at outdoors so people would just shut up so uh i did that and daytona kind of came along with it so mm-hmm. um it's funny because the years prior to that do you guys remember we had supercross then we went to gainesville national
4: yeah it
1: was kind of in there it was right I in the middle of supercross series the <laughs> so Nation. it went gainesville then daytona then back to the stadiums it's kind of crazy, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I always did really well at at Gainesville, mm-hmm. and it—I don't think in particular it was because it just didn't. You know, it was super hard pack. It was just like riding Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I grew up on. So I always rode well there. Had some great moto wins. Won my first—that was um, won my first 125 uh, overall, I think there, and maybe my 250 overall. First 250 overall, I won it the next year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that might have been ninety, ninety-four. So. Uh, Anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy week. Daytona's a tough race, and I enjoy watching these guys.
0: Yeah. Hey, speaking of Gainesville, there's another famous photo you and Kehoe. <coughs> yeah. Was it Kehoe way up or was it you way up? Uh, on the finish line. I'm trying to think. It was the finish line, just to flat, and one of you. Yeah, I think it's Kehoe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Kehoe, right? Because he's leading. I'm behind him. Yeah, and he just launched it because I was on his ass, <laughs> like I was trying to pass him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> dude, he went like 15 feet higher than you were supposed to go. Right? Oh
1: yeah, for sure. He flew so far, but he won that moto. I ended up winning the overall, but he won that moto, so that was we <laughs> had a we had a nice battle. Bones is in the photo in the background, going like this. <laughs> yeah, That's right. it was pretty cool. And he was on a Pro Circuit bike at that time, right? So he yeah. was just on a Pro Circuit Honda. So, and yeah. Mitch Mitch built my bikes then too, even when I was Honda. So we had the same bike.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm okay uh Daytona coming up um, Anton who's your uh, who's your uh, like if you're a betting guy and Vegas took bets uh, who would you have for the 250 and 450
3: man? Uh, I think after watching Orlando um, it's hard to bet against Justin Cooper right now especially yeah. if he's like if he's riding that well off of an injury and then he spent this whole week down there in Florida. Uh, at the new star compound
4: mm-hmm.
3: Clicking off laps I mean yeah He's he's hard to bet against And like Even though it's been Such a dismal season You know By his own standards Like how do you bet Against Eli at Daytona I mean yeah. looking at His record there This is like His chance to kind of Right the ship a little bit um, Or at least just put in Like a nice statement When but then it would be hard to go against Cooper or Ken because Ken led up until like the last few laps last year and Cooper yep. is on such a roll now. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, it's those three guys. It's those three guys that we're all going to be watching. Um, but I think kind of <laughs> the way things are going right now, it's, it's going to be Cooper or Ken really winning out most of these last few races.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then Cooper, uh, I, I talked to him on Saturday and, you know, he broke his foot three weeks before, the Orlando two opener or four weeks maybe. And uh, you know, this he's had two more weeks to heal. I think he fractured, said yeah, fractured, like, fractured. Yeah, fractured his foot, but he said uh, today would have been the day the doctor said, Okay, you're clear to ride.
2: Jeez, I didn't know that. So wow.
1: And to be riding to be riding that well it's yeah. pretty
0: Yeah. Huh. But uh, hey, any uh, any <coughs> word on either of the Martins, Michael?
3: Um I don't think Jeremy's going to be on. He's not on the entry list. I would bet he misses a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, Alex is on, you know, after the concussion thing, but it sounds like he was really, really out of it when they were taking him off the track on Saturday. Did you see the troll train vlog? Where he just kept repeating everything? Yeah.
0: He was in
3: space. Yeah. And so I doubt that him being at this stage in his career, he would rush it unnecessarily to come back. Yeah. I mean, he's in a unique spot because that whole team is built around him. He's the right. only rider. Man luck is the whole reason that that sponsorship came in yeah. and all of that. But I think that everybody in like Alex's camp knows there's no point in like going out there and hurting himself or like having a poor showing if he's not sharp yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, on, there's going to be some guys coming back, but then there's a lot of other guys now that are having injuries. Like Osborne says he has like a sore back right, from yeah. a disc issue. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Jordan Smith is. Like, there's a lot of guys with question marks coming into this weekend.
0: Yeah, i I think I I dm with Jordan yesterday. I was like, "Hey, how's the thumb?" And he wrote, "Shitty." Hmm.
1: So I,
3: yeah. think his,
0: I think his hand's not good either. All
1: these guys are getting reset on points. Yeah, so another another couple of years in the class. Yeah,
0: yeah. What do you think? What What do you think uh, Jeremy Martin will do? Will he come back? As soon as possible, or is he going to reset himself and stand two footies one more year? Because I know he wants to get out.
2: He wants a four footy ride, yeah. Yeah, but there's no forward D ride.
1: Yeah, why would you? Why would you want to get out when there's no really availability? Yeah. It seems like it seems like. Uh, I mean, if you could have an injury that's not going to kill you, this is not a bad time to have one, right? So then he could yeah. reset his as long as he's not hurt permanently. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's you know probably a blessing a little bit. I think maybe
2: yeah. yeah.
1: That was weird. Has that ever happened? Two brothers go out same <laughs> within the same ten seconds on the think same lap. So, no. it's pretty, pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. Ah. I don't know. Um, Anton is uh, is uh, the race the normal Daytona time like in the evening or is like is, you know some yeah supercross yeah day day, summer night summer late night
3: yeah because I even looked today opening ceremonies is at six thirty mm-hmm. um, so yeah it'll all be normal the Atlanta races are day races, though the two Saturdays are. So mm-hmm. that'll be different. That'll be interesting. That'll be more like old school style Daytona. Sweet.
1: Yeah. Oh, and those are yeah, those are in Atlanta this year. They're outdoor, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, the big motor speedway, and they're yeah. like an even bigger track than what Daytona is supposed to be this weekend. Heck yeah. That'll be wonder sweet. what
1: kind of dirt it is. Is it going to be? I mean, clay or is it going to be kind of sandy like Daytona? I wonder.
3: I think it's looking like both. <laughs> um, from like what the track maps and all that stuff have said, they'll they'll want to use that red clay, but then. I could see Feld like wanting to mix it up and, and throwing some sand sections and stuff like that in there, uh, and then I mean, MC, you guys know, I mean, riding a four fifty, it's gonna dig down into that grass and into that like base layer soil. Sure. So no matter what they do, it's still gonna get like super choppy and rough, way different than a normal supercross track that eventually any like. Yeah, exactly. It's not gonna hit that hard base.
1: Uh depending on what's underneath, you know, never know because you're in Georgia, so it might be clay all the way down. Never know. Yeah. We that year we raced in charlotte we did that charlotte motor speedway race one year yeah. or two years i think mm-hmm. one year was muddy one year was 97 98 i think um that was a giant track and it was all clay mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of that old school like oklahoma city track that we raced at <laughs> outdoors in like 90, 90 i think um yeah well, why are they not going to the stadium this year in atlanta just covid thing or is trying to do something different or what's the deal
3: I think it's a little bit of the COVID thing, like Hmm. the Mercedes-Benz dome is already like a really difficult place to get into, it's really expensive, and then with Atlanta as a city kind of maintaining that and their own restrictions in town, I could see them being like, hey, we have to do this by the book, and it would be very cost-ineffective for Feld, because they're already not making as much money as they've they've made in years past with everything right now, so... Yeah, I. I yeah, with no
1: fans, like it's gotta be tough. There. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't think going to the the Mercedes-Benz Stadium was ever even an option because not even a lot of stuff has been there at all in the last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, your Josh Hill's coming to race the three Atlanta races. <laughs> he's just been riding electric mountain bikes, and doing <laughs> big jumps and everything, and he's going to build a 450 and and come race.
2: So no club mix, just. No, it's just.
0: Tch well he says he's gonna have an announcement
2: is that news by the way i don't know i don't know (laughs) we did a we did a
0: quarantine show last week on it and Uh it got a lot of views people are stoked on josh hill but yeah 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 i don't know he's
1: been making some cool videos over the time but we haven't seen him in the track in a long time
0: yeah yeah. just been what club club mx 250 team last year for like
1: some races like
0: three rounds and then he hurt himself yeah yeah i don't know he said uh He said Justin is in the sheriff's academy right now.
2: He's still in it, or is he out yet? I heard he's out.
0: He he told me he's not a sheriff yet. Okay. He's training to become a sheriff. Okay. But
1: straight off the gate, right to the sheriff's (laughs) academy, huh? (laughs) Dang, that's cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Where at? Here?
0: No, No, Pacific Northwest. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Hmm. The dad life.
1: Going for the career. Career. Career job now.
0: Yeah. I oh, don't know. Hey, so MC, uh, well we're We're eight rounds, I think, in to the series? yeah. Eight rounds. Uh, what's been the biggest surprise for you <coughs> and the biggest disappointment, say? The best pleasant surprise, the biggest disappointment?
1: Gosh, I don't know. I think that... Uh, <coughs> I don't. I mean, you like Ken's been riding really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of what you expected last year a little bit out of him, you know. Um, but he's firing on all cylinders. Looks really good out there to watch, and I think that's what you know. Over the years, people have been waiting to see this, mm-hmm. and uh, he's riding really well. I think he's got really good fitness level deep into the race. Um, Cooper Webb's kind of started off slowly, but making making some good head inroads on on these guys, and and again. His late race pace is incredible. Sometimes I'm watching that. And I'm like, wow, how is he doing that? Especially mm-hmm. to Eli. Um, Eli's kind of had a lackluster year to me. Mm-hmm. Not, not the, not the one we've seen lately. It seems. Uh, yeah. And like Anton said, he's got a. <laughs> he really has to make a statement at Daytona. I think it's pressures on him to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's disappointing to see Adam have his troubles. Um,
0: I think Adam is. I don't think we saw Adam at 100 percent yet this year and then now he's out
1: yeah (laughs) yeah just that crash he had last week i was just like how does this happen yeah Yeah. you know it just looked like he wasn't focused or i mean that that little whoop section kind of come up and bite him super quick like that but um you know i don't know it's just just kind of uh one of those deals you know these guys are they say that second for someone like eli they say the second one's a little bit harder you know right you get right around with the number one plate it's a little tougher but the guy just i mean i just grip my teeth when i'm watching him. like the guy's just got to get his starts better i mean if he could just get up front it makes a huge difference and it's so such a roll of the dice when you're watching him um you know it's just like man he starts mid-pack or worse every race it's like how do you win championships that way Mm -hmm. outdoor i can see it tracks bigger all that stuff it's just he makes it really hard on himself so i'd like to see him work on that stuff um it's kind of you know we we would expect more and I think he knows he expects more of himself for sure and I know he's trying but mm-hmm. just got to work on those starts man um, other than that what else is going on out there um,
0: Hey, speaking of Eli in your role with Kawasaki have they ever taken advantage of <coughs> your experience and knowledge and asked you to come help coach anyone
1: no 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 one's ever really asked I mean I'm kind of um, I'm brand ambassador for all things Kawasaki and I enjoy it and but I'm never at the track, and you know they kind of they kind of have their own program going on and working on stuff all the time. And I definitely don't inject myself where I'm not needed. You know, if someone <laughs> asked, I'd be out there to help them in a second. I just I don't um, you know I'd like to help, but it's just I'm not going to insert myself where I'm not needed. So, anyways, it's a uh, it it's struggle sometimes for me to watch that because I mm-hmm. feel like I could could help out a little bit, but maybe not you know it's a different day it's a different world different starting gate different lots of different things but i i still think if i went out there i still think i get a whole shot so <laughs> um you know that part to me is was never hard so yeah. um half of it's probably here but anyway if he got in the front every race then maybe we'd see him win a whole lot more races it might be a little more boring mm-hmm. um eli's had some amazing races and probably some of the strongest ones we've ever seen maybe in the history of motocross supercross but um, man, he'd he'd make it a lot easier if he could get out front. Agreed. See, that's what that's where I think Ken has a huge advantage. Uh, Ken's getting hole shots and Webb gets great starts, and yeah, they're all up there in the front, and it makes it a lot easier.
2: Yeah, okay. even like Ken, I feel like Ken's <clears throat> speed his first couple of laps in the main is really good. Really, where Tomac, good. I think he struggles starts, and then I think he's takes maybe a while slow to, get to get going. Get yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And
1: if the gap's too big, it's just. It's you hard to get motivation. Yeah, and again. he's got to over, maybe push too much. and Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Crazy.
3: Like, if, if you watch the Orlando 2 450 main event, Ken comes into the first turn, and he's, like, pretty much in dead last. Like, he is way, way back. He got a terrible jump because the bike wheelied in the rut, and then he got pinched off. But how tight he, like, thought to cut into the first turn, and then he passed a good handful of guys in the first rhythm lane alone. Yeah. And Eli just hasn't matched that, like, same intensity right off the bat, and he has, mm-hmm. and it hasn't even happened in the heat races either. And then, like, MC, you could attest to this. When you don't get a good finish in the heat race, then you get a poor gate result or a poor gate pick in the main event, and then you're already kind of at a disadvantage there because you're doubling up the class and everything, and then it just kind of snowballs off. Um I think, like, Houston, too, when he had Chase and Adam in front of him was going to be the best measure of, like, how fast is he going, really? And we haven't seen anything near that since then. Like, no no top three start, no real rush to get anything going. And, uh, yeah, it's just weird. Especially even the last part of Orlando, too. You know, Jason Anderson caught him, which is, like, not common, but not, like, out of the ordinary because Jason's riding really, really well, too. But eli's like even late race pace it just kind of is lacking a lot too or yeah. usually that's where he builds like yeah. there's no real like holy shit he's killing it out there it's just kind of like he's going he's going fast but it's just not like the kill or be killed pace yeah it, it used fast.
1: to be more like here he comes you know mm-hmm. here he comes yep. and now it's not really hasn't been like that um and like you said you know anderson and then there's moosecan was riding really good too yeah um you know those guys had some better late race pace than Eli and I don't know yeah I think having you know a bad heat race or you know bad gay picks and then I I don't know I don't know if you guys watch but I mean Eli lines up on the inside of the starting gate a lot right Mm -hmm. and I think to me and and I don't know if you guys notice this but he hits the brakes early too yeah right so I think he needs it's almost like he's planning on already having to hit the brakes and go very inside to try and pass a few bunch of guys cause he's planning on getting a bad start. So that's, to me, it doesn't look like he's super, super confident when it get, gets to those points. And, um, you know, back in the day when you used to get a bad start and you'd have a bad pick in your game, whatever. I mean, I could outbreak anyone. I would just hold it on longer and I would outbreak him. That's just what mm-hmm. I would do. Yeah. And, and I don't see any, you know, I just don't see any sense of urgency. Now, when you're talking about Ken, you saw him get the bad start but you saw how many dudes he passed right away and he was like in a hurry to get mm-hmm. as far up as he could mm-hmm. when everyone was together and it made a difference at the end right i mean he caught all the way up but he caught up to second right was it second second
0: or, second or third. third
1: something like that i mean yeah, third right yeah, i think mean, yeah he he was flying and it, with his late race pace i mean he, he didn't have to deal with that many guys at the end right so um you know i don't know everyone's everyone's different it's just we're not seeing the urgency out of out of eli i think and but can you can you build that in or i mean some he he's kind of by nature just kind of waits for it to unfold and then kind of comes yeah. on strong at the end maybe, but maybe he's just not you know he's just not feeling right or whatever but um there's definitely no way you can you can doubt the guy he's rear rips He's mm-hmm. unbelievable we're just not seeing that sense of urgency
0: yeah it's yeah. funny is because you think oh well he got his supercross title and you got the monkey out of his back, and his new <coughs> dad. Maybe he's going to retire, but now the, the talk is he's going to race more because he wants to go out with fans, He'd like a full
3: fan attendance. <laughs> right? Well, Isn't what do you mean? How
1: old is he now? Uh, 27?
3: 27 or 28, yeah. yeah.
1: Ricky Carmichael retired at 27. I think Eli will probably race a little bit longer. Um, when do you think they'll have fans, 22?
2: Maybe. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Maybe.
1: (laughs) It's up to Gavin Newsom. Never.
2: Yeah. When will they have fans in California?
3: 24, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: Hi, Swap Motor Live listeners. This is Alex Martin. At Arai, every helmet is handcrafted with dedication to pursue gains and protection, and that is exactly why I choose to race in an Arai helmet. This lifeblood of obsession with protection is driven by a single shareholder and runs through every person who builds an Arai helmet. This is what sets ary apart. This is Araya.
0: Who does Ken Roxon, Chase Sexton, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, Mitch Evans, and four-time world champion Tim Geyser turn to for power? Yoshimura, since
3: 1954.
1: Since 2005, Risk Racing has been a leading innovator within the motocross industry, all while doing it in their own unique way. Whether you are looking for the Premier Motocross Transport System, the Lock and Load Pro, or the EZ Utility
2: Jug, the fuel can of choice, for me, SGB Racing's Alex Ray, Risk Racing is there to be your go-to motocross shopping destination. Head over to riskracing.com today and see their entire product line. Use code SWAP at checkout to receive
1: 15% off the entire purchase.
0: Hey everyone, Don Mietta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Hawn, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next cleaning air filters or changing oil, tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out.
2: Hey, what's up guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-shirt Printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team t-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaTshirtPrinters.com.
0: Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town, Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop.
1: What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto live show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more.
3: Hey guys, it's Ryan Villapoto. Now that I'm living the retired life and not bound to factory team sponsors, I'm able to choose my partners, when it comes to building my bikes, I choose Backyard Designs to create my motorcycle graphics because they do a great job. Their kits look great, go on easy, and last long.
0: Backyard Design has the most comprehensive and user-friendly graphic website in the sport. Use the discount code SWATMOTO at checkout for a discount at BackyardDesignsUSA.com.
3: Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. One thing that I've always wondered, like especially as everybody's been saying it this year, Everyone's just like, well, yeah, everybody in the field just stepped up, and Eli maybe didn't make the progress that everybody else did. You being a guy that set the pace for so many years, did you ever see your competition make this, like, extraordinary leap from year to year, or is it just kind of everything works together in certain times? Like, is it believable that so many riders would just take that big of a step forward at one
1: time? No, no. That's not believable to me. I mean... You guys know this from watching a zillion races. the very first part of the series you're gonna see what everyone has. You're gonna see their best for like say three to five races. Mm-hmm. But from that point on, you know exactly where they stand. I, I just think we're not seeing the best Eli that we've seen. Yeah. and uh, you know Anderson's picked up the pace a little bit here and there. Moosecan's coming back a little bit. He's doing better. Osborne's riding good too. Um, so some of the guys that weren't riding as good last year I think have stepped, stepped their pace back up. Right. Mm-hmm. But do I think that they all gained on Eli? No. Eli's still he's top three, fastest guy out there all the time. Yeah. It's just he's not putting it all together some for some reason. So I um, think he has
0: to decide he's gonna wax everybody.
1: I think yeah. he does, yeah. yeah. I think he, I mean the one he's won one race, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And he spanked, he spanked everyone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think Eli at a hundred percent, no one can question that is better than the majority of the guys at a hundred percent but like you're saying I just don't think we're seeing that 100% Eli this year.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just don't I don't think his I don't think his raw speeds as fast as Ken's like in the first few laps there's no yeah. way. Yeah. Eli takes some time to warm up to it. And I think the same about Webb. I don't Webb's very quick in the middle and the end, but I don't mm-hmm. think he's as fast in the very beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Ken's
1: got all those guys beat right off the gate.
0: Yeah.
1: Um his raw speed in the first few laps is pretty awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know you can watch their styles. You know, you watch like Ken, he takes inside lines and still whatever setup they have on the bike. He's able to jump those triples right out of the insides where everyone else is kind of having to go wide and like set up for it. Mm -hmm. Um, just different styles. Like, I don't know. Eli's bike looks like it hangs a lot when he jumps it. Mm -hmm. He like really has to struggle to get up on top of like, say either a three out of a corner or up on a table three Mm -hmm. where Ken just squirts is like bike just squirts off the corners and, um, you know, I don't know if it's cuz he's lighter or just maybe a different setup or whatever, but um the Honda looks good out there mm-hmm. and uh especially in the beginning of, laps of the races. So, yeah. um it just looks I guess, you know, for me things have always looked a little more difficult for e- Eli. like it's like it look, he doesn't make it look super easy. Yeah. It looks yeah. difficult. Uh, where Ken makes it look really easy. Yep. So, and and maybe it's just their styles, but um you know, Two different styles, two many different ways to get it done, but their styles aren't really matching on the track. Eli's not quite found the pace at the end of the race that he had before.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, one of the uh, things I really enjoy about the Supercross <coughs> broadcast is the t- science of Supercross. Right? <laughs> I think you do a great job on that. Thank you. Uh, is it? Do they just come with a script and you do it, or are you there in the planning stages and you have ideas for things?
1: Yeah, so um, Science Supercross is really fun. We have a great time with it. we got a great crew. Um, Pam and Derek, NatVig, really, Derek's from Cowie. Any, any of you guys that don't know, I've um, been there for years and years, and one of my best buds, He, he they go over the script, what it's going to be. It talk, It's talked about in-house at Kawasaki. We discuss it. Hey, what do you think about this? And then we you know, pick the f- eight or ten topics they are, and then we kind of f- – Pam comes and shoots, and Brent, and the whole crew, and <clears throat> it's uh, it's really cool. I mean, we, you guys know by now, the openers are shot at Kawasaki. We shoot mm-hmm. those, and I'll shoot a couple openers, and then a few weeks later, I'll shoot a couple more, and then kind of through the season as we go, and mm-hmm. um, and How's then some of the ones I go riding. So right, I'm at the track. Yeah. We just did the one last week. I was at the track. Right. Um, supercross track which was
4: (laughs) (laughs) a little scratchy a little little little
1: (laughs) scratchy Yeah, outdoor suspension in the those big whoops i was like (sighs) yeah the slow-mo on instagram looked pretty cool but man my heart was flying out of my chest i was was scared of it for sure so need to put some supercross suspension on my bike for that stuff but we have a good time you know it's it's very informative i think um you know, the trick to the whole thing is trying to, you know, we all speak moto language, right? So the trick is trying to figure out how to relate some layman's of the info terms, yeah. Yeah, down to the, in the layman's term. To
0: I really like the ones like, <clears throat> like the first season of it where mm-hmm. you're explaining the dynamics of hitting the whoops or, you know, certain things Scrubs or start stuff, yeah. in, like that. Um, is it getting tougher to come up with subjects? Because now it's, there's other things like, uh, there's other things like... Uh,
1: hydration coaches and, and, and training coaches. And, yeah i mean look you you can only talk about the same subject you yeah. know so many times and we've done you know we've done the we, we just did some more data info which is one kind of like the originals where we did some lit pro info it's inside outsides and whoops and this and that and different things so you know comparatively it's it's hard to find stuff to talk about that's interesting right mm-hmm. so um you know I don't. I don't envy Derek and Pam on that one. They got to figure out how, what's what's.
0: Have you guys done one yet on the whole shot device, the four o'clock? We have not. Because think about that. You could speak with experience about starting without it and starting with it, and how much more aggressive you could be with it. Cause I, I think mean,
1: it'd be pretty interesting too. I, yeah. I'm not sure how many people, you know, general fans that don't know the insides of the sport know. They see a starting, but do they know that the front end's locked oh, down dude. like that? Or I had an
2: uncle like, last year when we watched Supercross. Why are all their bikes so low off the start? <laughs> like, I had to explain it to him. Yeah, that'd be going. Yeah. You know, yesterday
0: uh, we had a swap motor race series at Glen Helen. Mm-hmm. And so I got that. Have you seen the Pro Taper Cella device? Would it's it? sick. No. So Pro Taper has this hole shot device. You, you just twist the knob. And it okay. sets it, right? And then as you run the starting line, you just hit the front brake and go, and it locks in. So you don't oh, need really? someone to help you do it, right?
1: Oh, so you twist it and then you slam the forks down and it holds yeah, it. Yeah, and it catches it. Oh, wow. That's but, cool. uh
0: So I went off the <laughs> template for the Kawasaki KX450 because you go online and you download it. So I did it all. And then when I put it together, I'm like, oh, shoot. Ross gave me KYB kit forks, right? So the flange is a little... the Too big? It's a little different. Oh. So my whole shot device is way up. It's like a supercross start device, right? So you're like... So like most people can push on their front brake and do it, but I have to like literally... I have to be riding some. and I have to put my legs up and go, wham! Oh. You get it? So I'm on the starting line at Glen Helen, and I'm like looking at how long that straightaway is, and I'm all... Dude, I hope I hit something to unlock the forks before I get, like, in fifth gear out there. I'm going to get head shaved <laughs> and eat shit. You're
1: riding with right? this much travel <laughs> Yeah. all the way down 70 mile an
0: hour. I don't know. Did it work? Yeah, it, it released because actually I started where the guys came across start, so there was kind of a jump. Oh, so I okay. did that. I actually felt it go, bunk and come up. But, hmm. but yeah, so <clears throat> when that thing came out, that little hook on the Yamaha's, was it like they said, hey, check this out. We're going to do this, and it's going to hold your fork down. Were you just like, what? Or did it make sense to you right away?
1: I think we were all like, what? This is kind of not that going to yeah, catch Yeah, we were all kind of like that. And it came from Europe, the Yamaha team in Europe. And then the U.S. Yamaha guys came like, hey, we got this thing. And all they used to cut a little rectangular hole in the fork guard, right? And they'd yeah. have a little hook on the thing, and they would just hook the fork guard. Push the fork guard in. Pretty great invention, to be honest. I think, I mean, it'd be neat to have everyone do a start without any any lockdown. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could barely touch the ground back in the day. So we, you know, that's part of your setup, right, on yeah. your bike. Now you don't have to set your bike up like, any way you want because you got that advantage by putting that thing down. So
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, some guys could never touch. They were doing one-footed starts. And, you know, yeah. you watch old supercrosses, and half the guys go off the line, and they're just like, ah. <laughs> so, and <laughs> I think the start module has changed a lot of that right you can get a lot better kind of like whatever just right out of the gate you know yeah Just a lot more in control these days and then you add the metal gate so um yeah i think in the beginning we were all kind of like a little hesitant like what is this thing all right so and then the the first time they weren't very low yeah i mean we just put them down a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. you know because just enough to get your feet so they would touch Mm -hmm. and then that i mean gave you a lot more confidence with your feet down
0: yeah okay so two things a, if NatVig is listening to this, <laughs> take that idea. And, and B, uh, Anton and I went to the first MX Fight Club in Ohio. Right. And it was funny because, like, you know, I think Wyndham didn't have a start device. Bradshaw didn't have one. And so it was like there's talk of, like, okay, no one uses a start device. Anton, do you remember the meltdown? Oh, yeah. That Michael he had. He's like, they're, they're rooting <laughs> against me. They're planning <laughs> this against me. <laughs> Because <laughs> <And then Tony laughs> unless,
3: uh,
0: unless he had never done a start without a start device really ever but yeah remember how funny that was mm-hmm.
3: you know what uh i talked to osborne for like one of the moto tips on our site mm-hmm. and he said now with those metal grates it's even more important to have a start hook because the traction is so much that the bike would just wheelie uncontrollably like you have to have something to lock it down mm-hmm. so you could even yeah, but, like hold it open a little bit more <laughs>
1: Yeah, but imagine how cool that would be to see who could actually ride their bike.
0: Yeah. Oh, in-
1: instead of have to use the start hook yeah. to get the front end on the ground. That To me, that was all right here. And in your clutch setup and the way you built your bike and the way you did mm-hmm. all that. These kids just don't, I don't know. Sometimes you know what's I just funny, feel like too. they don't know.
3: Uh, we think of MotoGP as like the most technologically advanced, like like motorcycle racing sport because it is, but really only last year was the first time that Ducati worked with a whole shot device. They have one that lowers the rear end, like the whole shot length that a couple KTM teams have. Mm -hmm. But when that came out last year, like on DeVitioso's bike and Jack Miller, people were losing their minds. And there was even, like, a lot of crosstalk of, like, well, no, this has actually been used in motocross just in a different way for so long. So it's been interesting to see how that whole concept of, like, hey, let's lower the bike a little bit so it doesn't react so crazy, Mm -hmm. um, how it's been adopted. MC, I think you, like, who would you think would be, like, one of the better guys to deal with this? I would think, like, Vince Freeze being such, like, a neutral starting position, if you had to eliminate the whole shot devices, he would be one of those guys that would still be okay.
1: Yeah, I mean look, the guys that start up front right now all the time are the guys that know how to do it. Yeah. Right? The guys that have are on off and struggle with starts and all that, then they obviously have a little harder time use, trying to figure out how to, you know, get the, the bike to come off the line right. So yeah. I don't know. I just it would be interesting if you did a race without without those.
2: Mhm.
1: See what happens. Maybe
2: instead <laughs> of a Joker lane at Monster Cup they'll do that.
0: Yeah, one man event. One I, you know what? I think. I, yeah, and I, no. I think
1: honestly, the taller guys would probably have a better advantage, yeah. right? Because yeah. they can still touch.
0: Yeah. Benny Bloss has to bend his legs <laughs> when he's. <laughs> 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 have you ever watched Freezy on the starting line? I never his, have. His OCD. He, stuff? he gets great starts. But you never seen him like he like smet slams. He slams the steering stops. Bang! 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 Bends him. <laughs> yeah. He's got a routine. That guy's a
1: hazard out there.
0: He's got a routine. Actually, the one... He's got
1: a routine. Actually, got a routine. I've uh, seen like, it a lot. Whack, 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 getting whack, everyone's away is you know. a good routine.
0: Hey, getting a great start's part of it, right? Doug Dubach used to get good starts. He didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the guy that you hated to pass the most?
1: Well, I mean, I, I it's commonly known that I... I mean, just Emig sucked to pass. Because yeah. every time he passed him, he would... Even if he was dog-ass tired, he would somehow muster up enough energy to come back at you the next corner. So when you made the pass, you had to make the pass and just go so hard for the next 50 feet or whatever (laughs) to get, you know, another quarter bike or whatever you can do to sort of prevent a retaliation pass. Yeah. Um, You know, LaRocco's pretty wide. He was a wide – he rode a wide bike out there, but he, Mm -hmm. he wasn't crazy dirty or nothing. I mean, being tough to pass is different than being stupid and i don't know (laughs) i just had to deal with that for too long
0: oh man so uh i i referenced it earlier but yesterday we had our our swap moto race series at Glen Helen, and dude i think we might change our club name to like swap moto covid race series or something because that has been such a surprise blessing we had 940 people yesterday Wow. Racers. Is that like is that like even like C M C Golden State numbers in the back in the day? Where were you guys, done, Helen? Yeah, on the big track? Yeah. Well we ran oh. both tracks. Huh. we ran two. Oh wow. But on the, the Pee Wee classes, the PW classes, there were so many entries. We had to run divisions and a main and a consolation and all this. B stuff.
1: main, A main, A main, yeah. B main. Wow. You know, fun. you're hearing a lot about that. I mean, like, talk to anyone else back east and those GNCC races are just having yeah. mass amount of entries and um I mean, I guess it's proof when people don't have nothing to do and they're yeah. made to stay home, they go outside and they go ride dirt bikes. You know, <laughs> I think it's been a good as a whole for our industry because that could mean that w- the future is really bright, right? A lot of little kids, mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. getting involved. Um, and if that helps our sport, then I'm, I'm all about it. But I think it's, you know, man, that's those numbers are big.
0: Yeah, but thinking back in the day, like remember when you and I were at, CMC Golden State races. I remember how huge those were, and
1: they seemed huge. They, how many entries were they? But
0: there were so many entries. Was one track though? But it was so many entries. Remember, Stu used to run like two laps and three lap races. Oh
1: yeah, at the end of the day, they were cutting motos so hard. Yeah, I remember
0: one lap that one time at Glen Helen. I did the start and I got the white flag. <laughs> no way. <laughs> two laps. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. But I mean, were there that many people back then, or is it bigger now? It's psycho.
1: I don't know, man. I guess I need to go to the local race and check it out.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird and seeing, like, yesterday we had LBZ out there, too. It's just like this Mike, Mike Russell, Russell. He yeah. was all good. <laughs> Were you here
0: the other day when he was here? No. Okay, so Mike Russell came and did a Swap model Live show of this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he brought in that KX250 with the mag aluminum wheels and the chrome plastic. And
2: Oh, my goodness. Dude, his old 90s Suburban, there's, a, like, two pictures of you on it. Really? There's Have pictures you seen of People that? everywhere on it. Yeah. The whole
0: thing is black and white heads cut out pictures <laughs> of, from parties and stuff.
1: On this suburban. Yeah. On oh, this suburban, yeah. What's he doing? There's no LBC. Is no, it he brought yeah, it back. back.
2: It's back. <laughs> back. There was like, I counted, I think, twelve <clears throat> people racing in LBZ gear yesterday. In baggies? Yeah, in baggies. Oh man. <laughs> baggies and flame <laughs> flame, b- flame long sleeves.
1: That class? Probably. Yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, he crazy, says, uh, uh, dude.
0: "Wow, he's working on." Like the LBZ network, which would be like Fuel TV or something. Yeah. And he says he has hours and hours of unreleased footage. And he's all, bro, I've got footage of MC at Club Rubber.
1: (laughs) Good thing I was winning. (laughs) Oh, man. I was going to say, if I lived in the the days of social media, I might have been in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I was trying not to get in trouble. It just... There were guys a little crazier than me, but I wasn't afraid at times. Yeah. Hey. We had a good time.
0: You earned the right to goof off.
1: I mean, look, we were growing up, man. We were kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, today it, wouldn't, it just wouldn't work, but back then it was just the way it was.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yesterday at Glen Helen, one of my good friends got hurt, so a shout-out and a get-well to Wayne Ashby. He, uh, he crashed in the sand section. Broke his hip and the top of his femur. So, he's having surgery today. Mm, somewhere no good down Big here. shout out. Ka- Kaiser. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same type of femur surgery as, like, um, the big rod. Yeah. But still, <clears throat> a hip. I mean, he's yeah. he's in his 40s. He races the 40 class. and mm-hmm. So, like, I was, like, teasing him. Well, dude, I thought only, like, old seniors, like, 70, fell over and broke their hip. But, mm-hmm i don't know that's
1: gotta get him a life life alert button now a life yeah. alert yeah
0: i've i can't get yeah, up that's right <laughs> yeah but um yeah well uh anton anything else we should touch on
3: no not really just kind of ready for spring to pop open like you guys had the race series this weekend i finally got to do moto back here mm. and like it's it's kind of the same thing like everybody is dying to go ride now like now that the weather's warming up back here uh dude there were people i went to ArchU in uh east st louis illinois mm-hmm. there were people from wisconsin which was like a five-hour drive from indiana which is like a three and a half hour drive just like all coming down to do a two-day practice which mm-hmm. was which is awesome and, and it's the same thing as you guys see in california it's a big mix of people that are coming there's guys that are coming in brand new trucks with brand new factory edition bikes or works at like There were two works edition Hondas in my practice group, and I was like, shit, that's awesome. And it was dudes that bought them on Friday and then brought them to the track on Saturday. Yeah, Yeah. one guy was like, it's my first day riding this thing. (laughs) And then you saw some other guys that had, like, O2 KX125s with, like, caved-in expansion chambers, and they were, like, having a blast. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think, I mean, that was awesome. Um, And, like, our race season now is getting ready to start. Like, that same track, Archview MX Park. They're having a big pro-am race this Sunday with, like, a pretty good points and payout. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how everybody does in year two of this whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Do people come back and, like, participate? Or was it a one-time shot where they had all of this money that they had saved up from, like,
0: not a doing check
3: anything. and not doing anything, and then they blew it? Cause it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think that kind of applies to everything. Like other people I've talked to about like golf clubs or bicycles or RC cars or whatever
1: or boats or RVs or side by sides.
3: Yeah, Yeah. totally. Like everybody's waiting to see how these next six weeks or so play out to see if like, okay, is the money going to come back again a second time? Are we going to get it? And now it's tax time with tax return money coming back too. That's a whole other like stimulus package that, that comes every year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) 2.1
1: trillion should help for all these dudes (laughs) yeah (laughs) what
0: idiots (laughs) all right well hey we're gonna wrap this up uh jerry we're gonna go to the other shop we're gonna go check out the floor right uh, jesse from Epoxy at SoCal doing the floors and the uh the former excited to see that it was j.a mcgrath muffler shop right
1: jack and ann mcgrath auto yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: uh we're gonna go check that out um
2: we got you guys see a new
1: shop new shop video coming soon yeah a new yeah. shop video coming soon Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Be, stay tuned for that it's gonna be cool
2: rain coming maybe we can go out to the desert get this thing dirty it's supposed to rain yeah we
1: need to do that again don't we <laughs> yeah yeah yep.
0: but uh all right well hey guys thank you for listening anton thanks for uh calling in jer thanks for coming in yeah. and filling in always a pleasure having you on the show and uh thank you guys for listening be sure to check out swapmodelive.com and uh, we'll talk to you next Monday.